0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales. Uh,
1: thank you again so much for, for tuning in. Today we have a really cool and special guest, Matan Sipan from uh, Fractal Capital. And so we're going to dive a lot into the DeFi world, level ones, level twos, everything that kind of interacts around those um, and a huge story. But let's start off, Matan, what was your first exposure to, to blockchain crypto Web3? Like, when did you when did you get into this?
2: Um. In 2016 to 2017, like most people, I heard first about Bitcoin and this unique characteristics uh, that define this new asset. Um, Invested a little bit um, and really learned more than anything. I was pretty young back then and didn't have a lot of money to invest, uh, but it's the Learning about this technology was more than anything. And week after week, I found myself spending most of my free time and then all of my time in programmable blockchains, more than Bitcoin.
1: And, and it's, I mean, you come from, from a slightly different, uh, I, I would say, profession than most. You and your, your CEO uh, both come from military background, correct? Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, we served in the Special Forces in Israel. We actually served in the same unit, um, kind of similar to airborne marine in the U.S. version. Um, and after finishing my time over there, I moved to the U.S., I traveled the world a little bit and uh, felt like the U.S. Is, is the place to explore and the uh, land of opportunities.
1: Um huh? Absolutely. So, you know, and, and like I say, coming from from a background where again you guys were in the same unit, clearly you you have a, a a brotherly bond uh that allows you to to have trust. And trust is something that in in the world of blockchain is a very rare thing. Um so so that's that's very interesting off the bat. Um did you guys both have to learn everything from scratch? Or were you able to take anything from your previous lives uh, and, and apply it to what you're doing today? And I, I say that because some people come from traditional finance and they move into DeFi and, and they can translate kind of one-to-one. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm thinking that's not exactly your, your path here.
2: Um, both of us were always immersed with technology. And uh, in Israel, the the sphere of of innovation is is really interesting i was uh in the ai in the deep uh, deep learning space beforehand and my actual passion was biotechnology and i was sure that i'm going to find some way to combine the two Uh, i started with singularity university and i was sure that this is where i want to be in life until i learned about programmable blockchains and and specifically about Chainlink, I think Chainlink was the time that I said, okay, okay, this is, if this problem is, is being solved, and you can actually get information from the open internet to a closed and secure system like the blockchain. So many things will happen. And I, I saw this kind of feedback loop uh, that's happened between hardware and software. And it's happened in many previous uh, breakthrough technologies, Um in our phones uh we can see that uh, through the app store and this explosion of innovation and, and companies that uh, we all know and use uh, that couldn't happen today without uh, the app store uh, and so much of the revenue as we all know moving back to the hardware uh to apple um and we can see the same thing with graphic processing units uh, and online videos that you can watch through that and online video games and uh, NVIDIA and companies like that that become some of the biggest companies on the planet. So I, I saw the same thing happening on chain, on, on the blockchain uh, with decentralized applications. And that's what really caught my interest more than, you know, prices going up, uh, up only.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and and clearly there was a passion. I mean, and and to discover this in 2016, 2017, um, you know, you're you're right in the the heat of Ethereum is is out. Um, you're you're. I've heard from more than one uh, early entrepreneur like yourself that Chainlink was kind of that aha moment, mm-hmm. even though it, it translated back to okay, Ethereum is 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 moving um, a little bit better in that direction. Um, but you know, how did you how did you survive? during the crypto winter I mean when everyone was saying well that was a good run we don't need to do it anymore you clearly uh, took that time to build and and grow
2: yeah Uh, crypto winter was definitely tough time if you constantly check the value of your holdings (laughs) um I found a way to disconnect myself from that and really dive in and learn everything I can about every application and, and, and every project that's coming up. Uh smart contract in uh specific. Uh back in the days, you know, smart contracts in in, in the previous cycle in 2017-18, smart contracts were more used in a user-to-user base. Uh I don't know if most people even remember that, but it, it wasn't a pool of smart contract that basically uh, combined a pool of funds for multiple users and then interact uh, with with the blockchain. And because of that, it was less used and require much more uh, in matter of gas cost and uh, requirement from the blockchain itself. Uh, when that changed, uh, I think through Uniswap uh, and Hayden Adams that uh, uh, used this new model so much change and I felt like okay that's happened in the crypto winter, but that was one of the most interesting thing and exciting things so uh, yeah I just I saw this okay we are just so early
1: yeah it, it' it's it's very rare to hear someone say back when gas fees were high. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, you know, it's obnoxious today and, and clearly we can have, you know, I, I, I very much appreciate the, the gorgeous, uh, Ethereum symbol behind you as, as well yeah. as all the ETH maxis. Um, and, and, you know, you, you've been around to, to claim that, that you were there from the beginning. Um, but, but it
2: wasn't an ETH maxi in any, in any way, shape or form.
1: No, it, it, and that's good, you know, because everything's changing and, and clearly, you know, I'm, sh- I'd, I'd love to hear your opinions, but, uh, you know, I, I live in the world where I don't believe that, the best use case, uh, has even been invented yet. Um, we're, we're still very early. There's still a lot going on. Um, so let's, let's lead that into fractal and, and what's your, what's your thesis, um, around, um, you know, your, your investment portfolio, uh, and, and really kind of dive into kind of what, what spurred you guys to start it and, and what you're doing today.
2: Um, I love to talk about the thesis more than anything else. That's really the core of what we do. Um, you know, managing people's money comes with a lot of responsibility, and I feel that it's, it's have you know, responsibility on one side, and on the other side, it's kind of a force that keep pushing you to be better and to learn more, and nothing is enough. Uh, you always... You're always up for a test every month. You have the results of this month every quarter, and uh, you have people that look up and ask you a question: Why this is happening? Why this is happening? So it's kind of sharpening you up uh, this responsibility, and uh, I appreciate this part. It, it, of, uh, and in of a
1: reason. highly in a highly volatile. Um, space that, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, I, I would like to point out that the majority of the, the smartest people, self-proclaimed smartest people said that ETH was going to be at 10,000 by the end of the year and Bitcoin at 100,000. Um, and we fell well short of that and we're currently still going in the wrong direction. So it is, you know, how, how do you guys manage, um, you know, the data?
2: How do, you, how do you manage the data and how do, how do you manage expectations? Like yeah. you just said, there are so many expectations of prices. We, we believe that time in the market is much more important than time in the market. And this thing will happen. We don't know when, but betting on the infrastructure, and like you said earlier, uh, there are so many use cases that are, are not even here yet. Uh, but following actual use case, actual users, uh, is, is a no-brainer. And, okay, so we, we take that and we go back to results because you always want results on a monthly basis, on a quarter-to-quarter basis, on a yearly basis. Even if the prices are very volatile and go up and down, how do you make sure that you always progress? So for us, is increasing the crypto holdings. We cannot... Know what will be the dollar value of this crypto tomorrow or next month or even next year. But most likely, if you understand this space, if you follow through everything that is happening, you know that in three to five years from now, this space is going to be much bigger, order of magnitude bigger than, than what it is right now, because yeah. user retention is only going up, new users coming in and new developers coming um, and. You have companies the biggest companies on the planet like whatsapp just integrated in the u.s stablecoin for payments uh they starting in, in testing for us users but whatsapp has two billion users paypal just announced yesterday or two days ago that they're working on their own stablecoin uh, visa already doing transaction on ethereum and planning on integrating uh, their uh, payment system uh, on chain so it's just a question of time now In this time, how do you do the maximum to increase your holdings? First of all, how do you you even understand which one of the holdings will survive? Because, you know, by being in the space for a few years, you know that many of the uh, assets that were existed four or five years ago are not even around today. So how do you understand which one gonna uh, stand the test of time? And then after you understand that, how do you increase the holding at all time, every day, every block?
1: So yeah, so let's let's talk about how you look at a level one, um, you know, which is let's, that that base layer, Ethereum, Polkadot, Solana, Avalanche. We can we can you know right. run out run down that list. Um, what what's your you know? Do you guys have any in all chains, or do you kind of narrow down to like the top ten? All chains. Yeah. Which which chains do you do you guys invest in?
2: so we use over 12 chains right now yeah. um but investing in the chain is is a bit different in the way that we do it um we follow specific metrics of of liquidity and uh, we specialize in DeFi and in capital efficiency so we always look for where we can provide liquidity and put the capital that we already have, the investment that we already made in the crypto space, into where it will be the most profitable. Um, So, liquidity mining, the past year, was definitely the year of uh, L1s and and liquidity mining programs uh, from uh, Polygon that uh, started
0: um, with this amazing program that...
2: uh, Uh, was very profitable and and also was profitable for Polygon themselves, not only for the users that came to Polygon. Um, And then uh, money flowing from Polygon to Avalanche and then to Phantom and being able to provide liquidity uh, at the right place at the right time is kind of making sure that you always increase the holding in, in the most Profitable way in the most uh, um, efficient way, I would say, without taking risks of buying and selling.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, risk on, risk off, all those fun things. So you're, you're a former, uh, AI guy, um, you know, programmer, deep learning, all those other things. What, what tools are you guys using? Are you manually trading or are you, um, using some of the, some of the more advanced, um, you know, bots and whatnot out there to, to kind of help you guys manage whether you're actively trading with them or just using them for information purposes. What do you guys do?
2: Um, so we use, we used uh, all kinds of uh, data science tools for really the information that we receive for the blockchain. But for the actual actions that we take, it's all manual. Uh, and it's all through hardware wallets. Now, you can automate certain things, but that means that you need to give away the hardware wallet. Yep. And you need this automation part take away a little bit of, of the security. And we're currently not willing to, to do that yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, listen, we we you all have to have them. Are you are you ledger people, treasure people? What what what's your? Oh, uh, it just I, I do the same. I have them all, and I hate yeah. them all equally.
2: <laughs> it's 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 very frustrating, and it's it's another thing to show you how early we are because yes. it's so frustrating. To sometimes you need to refresh your MetaMask ten times to get one transaction going, uh, and it's take up a lot of time. But again, why do we only have MetaMask so far?
1: yeah um. <laughs> depends on what chain and you know, I think you'll appreciate this. um we had we had one of our members refer to this to tell you how early this is. This is a, a modem this is this is the equivalent of a dial up modem that you needed to get online and and it's it's just it will go away it's a it's a really horrible thing um but but, as you know, you have to use it. so so you guys are doing all this manual trading, you're inputting in. Uh, you're getting inputs from probably thousands, tens of thousands of sources. Um, how many traders do you have? What, what's your, you know, and again, crypto is 24-7. How do you manage in and around your office uh, one of the most volatile spaces uh, in the hottest asset class there is?
2: Um, so even this world trader. Uh, is 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 so far away from how we define ourselves uh we try to stay away from from that as much as we can yes you know we, we do uh, buy asset uh, and we do sell them when we need to adjust the portfolio but it's very limited the amount of buying and selling that we that we take in compared to the providing the liquidity and putting the liquidity into work um uh, that's the, the big part of, of what we do um, and that's really require all of your time
1: how, how, oh yeah I mean to monitor liquidity pools oh. become becoming a liquid and, and everything else so oh. how, like can you answer how many pools you''re you're, you're in right now
2: uh, Currently, as of today 62. Uh, 62 uh, pools that change all the time um I, I can tell you that um now uh, when we move into our uh, about a month ago uh, that's expanded and um, so for us, the name of the game is really following the liquidity mining and the next liquidity mining program that is happening. Um, and the last year, teach us that this is one of the most profitable things that you can do in this space. Now, once you do that and, and you see how you can accumulate and increase the, the, the token holdings, and you can compare it also to the, the performance of the crypto market, uh, if you take, let's say, Bitcoin or uh, Ethereum as uh, uh, some kind of, of something to compare to um and you see that there is also that over time. So this strategy really come into fruition over time.
1: How do you how do you um, talk to clients about this? Because you know we, we have members that are new and and they're basically barely able to understand you know how to acquire something through Coinbase. Um, and then you guys are over here doing you know advanced uh, you know liquidity pools. I'm sure you're doing a lot of DeFi DGen type stuff. You're jumping in and out of things you know for some. Sometimes minutes at a time, just to grab some liquidity here, move it over there, and 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 whatnot. How do you how give me give me your elevator pitch when someone says you know what do you do?
2: That's not easy. That's that's really required. First of all, you know where we started our conversation is that understand that okay, we don't know what the dollar value will be next month. So first of all, as an investor, you need to have the right time horizon. You understand that this is a growing industry and if you look in towards two three four five years from now and there is a certain recipe of increasing your holdings without increasing the dollar without buying and buying more and without taking the risk of buying and selling and trying to time this very volatile market and an unpredictable market um so if you can eliminate these two and you can increase your holding over time Once people understand this concept, they have this aha moment of, okay, this is different. You're sort of a market maker, if you compare it to the traditional markets. But it's important also to mention that market makers also have their own set of of risks. Uh, This is a new technology, and smart contracts have their own inherent risks. Uh, We've anticipated last year, with all of our DeFi activity, that we will have at least two exploits. You know, we, we have a diversified portfolio and we said, okay, even if we will have two exploits, we are, we're still going to be quite profitable. Um, we didn't experience any exploit last year, but it's just a question of time. It's just a question of time. Uh, if you try new projects, many of the teams are announced, uh,
1: it's- rug pools will happen whether you like them or not. Now, do you feel because yeah. you're you're using a lot of terminologies and you know, kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, you're, just aspects of how you're trading that I'm wondering, does that come from your special forces? You're you're very, you know, you, you look at everything from the thirty thousand foot view. You're you're very clear on on your your investment theses, and you're also very aware of risk. And I hear a lot of people that are in your line of work, they they just kind of gloss over the risk. Oh, we're locked down, we're good. Um, and, and, and while these are an annoyance, um, you know, they, they, you're you just flat out say there's no way to get around them.
2: Um, I think we are realistic uh, about this industry. Um, in the same way that I always start with explaining to investors that we will definitely have downward months. And you will definitely experience from time to time this 20, 30, 40, 50% decrease in your dollar value. It will happen. It's no matter what is your time interval, it will happen. And you need to be okay with that. If not, that might not be the industry for you. That might not be the space for you. Maybe you should wait another two, three years when things will balance because they will be much, the, the market cap will be much higher than what it is right now. But if you're willing to live with the risk, this is the upside now we also work on mitigating risk you know we we are aware and we plan to uh, to have as, as as we just mentioned two rugs but we also define them as okay we here we have we, we even evaluate every project to be getting in what is the risk for a soft rug how well do we know the developers how well do we know the the, the team behind it what fork of of what is it? How the DAO is being managed? Can we track the smart contract and do auditing live and see if there is some kind of... This is actually something that we work in with uh, a group of uh, ex-Mossad people uh, in Israel uh, that do uh, live auditing uh, for uh, smart contracts um, and they, they basically design their product around us and around what we do in a way that we define certain parameters that we learned that happened in previous hacks in the past and then we know okay if the multisig is is acting in this way if uh uh, they change the time lock if certain things that happen that you will maybe you will know about them but most likely you will know about them after something has happened how we can know about them when code is being submitted for the first time Uh, and that gives us this uh time uh advantage
1: and and that's a that's a huge thing because there's very few services or even ability to to understand the code and everyone's like oh it's transparent go look at it well i don't know how to write code and i i i can read enough but uh you know that that doesn't mean that if you're really good you can't hide these things in there so that that's amazing and that's a private service that you guys are you guys use internally uh for yourself uh, this is, yeah, this is, it's, it's,
2: it's, it's in a work in progress. It's, it's nowhere of, of being, uh, fully, uh, serviced that anyone can use. Uh, but I, I assume that some point towards the third quarter of, of next year, it will be available to, to more. And more
1: funds. Well that's I mean, that's absolutely fabulous to hear. Um and again, come comes back to the secu- you know, how security focused you guys are, because that clearly the gains are one thing, but you've already said, you know, 20, 40 percent uh, you know, in a single day. I mean, that's that was Monday. Um <laughs> so it happens around here quite often where you're you're up sure. and you're down, <laughs> and, uh you, you go to bed. So do you guys react? Or do you just continue to go with your, your, your theses and your portfolio? Meaning that like, if you just put a liquidity pool in, you feel confident with those tokens, regardless of the fiat value, are you guys going to, um, are you guys going to continue with that liquidity pool? Or if the market's tanking like it is, you know, today, do you exit the pool and wait for weights? Or do you just write it down?
2: No. No, this, all of the shorter movements have zero effects on, 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 our portfolio. Um, we, we actually like this volatility because most of the profits that we made in DeFi come from uh, the actual incentives and not from the trading fees. You know, people look yeah. and, 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 uh, Think about if i okay i am a market maker i'm getting the proportion of all of the uh, trading that take place on a certain exchange but this trading fee uh i would say a very small percentage out of the amount that you can make if you understand where the incentives are flowing from. Now, many times the incentive will be paid in a different token Then, then you don't want exposure to this token so you need to do some kind of hedging and you need to do some kind of uh, uh, daily kind of reconciliation of receiving this token, selling it and increasing uh, the, the token that you already have in the pool uh, in order to limit exposure to the payable token that you receive and also uh, work on compounding and uh, increase the value that uh, is put into work now. I think that a very interesting trend that uh, we are seeing that uh, in in contrast to to this liquidity mining and this renting liquidity and paying with the token and devaluing the the price of the token, just this process that I just explained of receiving the payable token and selling it creates a lot of self force uh, um, that's just constantly decrease the the dollar value of the project. Projects don't want that. Uh, And we're seeing a change from this model into a VE model, into a model that um, prioritizes long-term staking, long-term holders, uh, and it has its own uh, advantages, if you understand it. And I think that in the next... Two quarters of 2022, the first two quarters, that will be um, the place to be.
1: Very cool. What's the size of your fund today?
2: BVI fund um, in British Virgin Islands uh, two months ago um, um, with $2 million over there. and um, I think we have um, our U.S. federal fund uh, that will be open to investors at the end of this month um, with about five million dollars that waiting to get in and I think another two for the British Virgin island fund uh, at the end of this month
1: it right, wasn't getting close to ten million for for kind of a year one is a, is a huge deal so congrats congrats on the the early interest um, and, and and whatnot so um you know, at, as you as we go through the the DeFi world and and whatnot, how do you how do you feel that the traditional retail investor can compare? Who's doing their own liquidity farming? Who's doing all of their own stuff and and saving on the fees? How do you feel that they can compare to to what you guys have put together as a team?
2: I think that anyone can do it. I really think that anyone can do it if is willing to put the time if he's willing to put the time and the effort and understanding all of it and is not looking for shortcuts, a lot of people just rely on on information that they receive. They don't fully understand it and they ape in, in a way. Uh, And that's the best way to lose some of your money or all of your money if you are concentrated in in few positions. Uh, I think that the very first... Part of, of, of interacting with this space is understanding, is fully understanding. Uh, before I had large amounts of money in the space, I took years of, of learning everything that I can. Also, learning about the people behind these projects. Um, I think that being active in communities, being active in DAOs, being active in Telegram groups, in Discords, uh, reading um, the EIPs, reading the proposals, Uh, from the blockchain layer to the application layer and understanding what this means and why all of these votes go into this side, who will profit out of it. Is it the protocol? Is it the users? Is it the liquidity providers? And just as an example, uh, you know, we talked earlier about L1s uh, and we have this thesis of of multi-chain, cross-chain world from... Early 2020. Uh, Now, many people will say that 2021, in general, was the year of L1s, but it's not that all L1s just blew up from January to December. If we take Avalanche as an example, that was one of the big success stories of this year. Avalanche token price was pretty much the same between January. It it had some ups and downs, but January and, and June, July, the token price was the same. So, you have to have a lot of conviction and understanding why you are in this position. While other tokens had 5x, 10x, 15x increase at the same time, how do you stay in this position if you don't truly understand? So, if you are part of these groups, if you are part, if if you are reading the proposals and you see that, okay, Aave as a digital bank, as the biggest uh, digital bank in the space, have a proposal to uh, add support to the Avalanche blockchain. What that means? That means that we're going to see a lot of users and a lot of liquidity pouring in. The Avalanche Foundation is basically proposing a $180 million liquidity mining incentive that will only come into fruition in two, three months from now. What that means for me? And if you're able to build this full picture and thesis about uh, uh, a certain project, this day-to-day volatility is not affecting you. You know exactly why you're in.
1: So you, you guys are actively, you know, and again, I, I own so many governance tokens that I never vote on <laughs> because you know that's a whole other time suck that that most people don't have time. So, so you're actually investigating and voting on behalf of, of all your clients. We,
2: we are not big enough to to sway the vote from side to side, and. Voting is, is, is less important for us and for our investors as understanding the proposals and understanding what will take place when these proposals will uh, come into fruition. That's, that's the, the key component that, that I would say. And advise to people that are doing it for themselves uh, to follow and track.
1: Fabulous. All right, Matan. So, so let's just kind of dive through and, and really look at, at Fractal Alpha Fund and, and just understand, you know, exactly what, what the investor pitch, you know, would look like. Um, and so I appreciate you pulling this up on your screen and we can absolutely skip the disclaimers. Nothing here is advice. No one should ever, never listen to anyone on the internet. It's, it's really a, a, a fad.
2: I totally agree. Always do your own research and, and strive to understand, uh, this space and everything in general um so uh as, as as we mentioned and everything that we're talking about here we are cross-chain defi fund uh which means that we have a lot of positions on a lot of blockchains and a lot of decentralized applications and our main goal if i can define it in one sentence is to put the capital to work in the most efficient way possible without participating in timing asset without trying to buy low and sell high um, without using leverage. Uh, Currently we are not using any leverage uh, uh, which that's something that we might integrate in the future but this space today is profitable enough to have beautiful returns without adding this unnecessary risk. Uh, So the goal is to daily increase crypto assets or in more our
1: language, every block increase your crypto assets. So, so you you are a coin or token acquisition fund. You're not. Uh, you're you're. That's your priority, not the fiat value per se.
2: Correct. Uh, we we do acknowledge that uh, most people value themselves in dollar and not in crypto. Uh, and we do anticipate that our dollar value will be significantly higher just in a longer time spans. I think that this history is very uh, close to what we talked about. Uh, no, my business partner uh, and my best friend is amazing human being uh, and probably the biggest blessing that I have in my life besides working in this uh, space uh, and it's just completing me in so many ways. It's, it's, it's incredible to have someone that is as passionate about what you do uh, and can talk about and bounce ideas from side to side and also give feedback and, and really engage in, in a very deep level. And I'm so grateful for him. I don't know if I would do the same things if I were not with him. Uh, and it's really com- completing me in many ways. Um,
1: Fabulous. That's yeah. that's great to hear.
2: If you can see also Pierre and Rene, uh, which help us a lot with operations, with investor relationship. Um, amazing individuals. Uh, really a gift for us. Um, they, they both come from the more traditional world of dealing with investors. Um, and they add a lot of value to young people like us that strive to be all day long on chain uh, for me a win of the day is if i spend spent all of my day on chain and i'm able to generate alpha uh, and to improve our portfolio our holdings and monetize uh, our thesis and understanding um, and having partners like that that can deal with all of the business side uh, operations lawyers you know are all necessary all necessary.
1: And and is your entire team known individuals or do you have any uh, anons that that you work with as well? And it's it's a question that we have to ask all the time because it is just the reality of this
2: space. Um, I think that today it's required from blockchain people to have their own anons accounts for certain uh, usages Um, um, and yeah, we, we do uh, use accounts and a non-people online for certain specific tasks and specific things that uh, really amplify um, what we do.
1: Um, into it, it's just, it's, it is, we've interviewed protocol uh, you know, founders that are you know billions of dollars in liquidity um, and nobody knows who they are and you know they'll talk to you and they're they're going through disguised voice and everything else but i mean that's really especially from from intelligence agents like yourselves i mean that's that's really not settling to think that i'm buying this 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 token on a chain that most people think is uh you know a video game token at best um but you know i i have you know me- immense value in it and w- there's a lot of trust on someone that can literally just unplug from the internet and we have no idea who they are
2: that's very correct I would share with you that. Um, so our house here is uh, a crypto house. Um, and we had a lot of interaction with Anons and with young people on the internet that we provide them value in, in, in many ways. And, and then we hosted them at our place and helped them with their economic models, with uh, Uh, A lot of the projects are not just strictly developing and coding. Uh, There are so many talented people that need this help and need uh, to have the complete pictures and the financial side on top of of the code that they know and and are good at building. Um, So we have every other month we are hosting a different project at our place and you cannot be unknown when uh, you have physical interaction. Uh, but people in this space, even though they are known for the outside, they do feel comfortable sometimes with people they trust uh, to open up and, uh, and do more things together.
1: That's fabulous. Love hearing that.
2: It's really defined. And, and what is DeFi, What are smart contact? I feel like we, we touch that. And the most important thing to understand from here is that the growth we are the estimation that as of today, there are about 4 million users in, in the DeFi space. But it's really based on the amount of wallets. And we both know that you have much more wallets than just one that's related to you as individual. I'm in charge of quite a lot of wallets. Uh, so this number is most likely even lower than this, which, again, just another in fact, to see how early we are in this space
1: so early i mean it, it is uh well, if you had to compare this to to web one you know which was essentially like ninety two to you know what about two thousand two thousand six two thousand seven prior you know right around the iphone launch where where do you think that that web three you know crypto blockchain is right now
2: that's a great question that's a great question um the thing that is a little bit different than that, that in the internet, hardware had to evolve in the same way as software evolved. Today, yeah. the hardware is all existed. So programmable blockchains are basically hardware, or basically computers that digital computers that sit on top of physical computers. Uh, and everything that we interact and looking at, all of this application are the software on top of them. So back then in 2000, you, you, the computer look a little bit different. They're not as advanced as we have right now. The graphic processing units, um, uh, mobile phone, were, were barely existed. That uh, so many of, of the smartphones that we use today take a huge chunk of, of computers uh, on the planet. Uh, now on the blockchain side, it's already there. So I think that the pace will grow faster than than comparing, let's say, taking two thousand. To 2020 i think the pace of user adoption uh, of the crypto space will be even faster than that but even if it's not going to be faster and we are at 2000 how the next 10 years would look like Exponential it, it ver- growth.
1: yeah no very true and that was a, that was a great overview because it it is it's a struggle in the comparison and, and the best i can usually do is <clears throat> you know Right now, I still feel like we're very much CompuServe prodigy. You know, it, like we're the chains are so separate, and while they can somewhat talk to each other, they're not there. And we haven't had our our AOL, and I hate to use the word, but AOL moment where it's like, look, everyone can use it. It's simple. It's easy. You know, my my mom had still to this day has has her AOL address, and I just feel like no one has delivered on that promise yet. So we're we're still that early where it's you can you can open a Coinbase account, but people still are confused by it. I mean, we see it every. Single day, and it's and it's really there's nothing there other than you can acquire coins, um, or you know it's soon to be NFTs, which we'll talk about later. But yeah,
2: very I, cool. I agree. And, and I think this is a force. I think the the NFT and play to earn, um, and you know, metaverse as a whole is a force that will drive a lot of users that are not interested in just making money, in, yeah. in using DeFi tools as financial tools. I think a lot of these users will come into different doors, but once they're in and they feel comfortable with this technology, they will question many of their day-to-day usage. Why do I use my bank for that? Why do I receive 0.1% on my money? Why do I invest in X, Y and Z that generate in the best case scenario, five to 10% when you have stablecoin that generate double than that?
1: So, and stablecoins have di- have changed everything. When you first started, there stablecoins were not a thing. How how did that like what did that change for you? So I think that
2: one of one of the things that I have the most certainty about is that next year the centralized stablecoin the centralized stablecoin issuers are probably one of the best investments to make. Uh, there will be unbelievably big businesses and as of right now, the market cap is just not there yet. Even though they're generating revenue uh, all the time in all market conditions and in downturn market, they're even more needed and, uh, in matter of demand. And The ones that will solve the cross-chain uh, need in the best way, and I think that we have few competitors right now between Abracadabra and Frax uh, that really strive towards this uh direction will be as big as layer ones.
1: Say that one more time. So in the world so in the world of stable coins, where do you where do you see the biggest growth in the next 18 months? So
2: the biggest growth most likely the big, the biggest uh stable coins will still be uh stable coins that have a centralized issuers like usdc like tether like paxos that now combining forces with facebook uh, whatsapp group and maybe paypal will bring in a huge player but they will face regulation issues that will be very harsh and very limiting uh, in 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 a way in addition to that, they also, their cross-chain game will also be limited in comparison to decentralized stablecoin that are inherently cross-chain. This is their main core goal. Um, and that also have, uh, uh, can be issued against LP tokens and can have much more capital efficiency. So I think Abracadabra, uh, is one of the sensation of 2021, uh, through the spell token and MIM. Uh, which is uh, probably the most liquid cross-chain token as of today. Um, We're seeing the same thing with Frax. Everyone Mm -hmm. knows DAI, uh, but DAI is not aiming to be a cross-chain one. DAI uh, and MakerDAO um, had very concentrated bets on Ethereum as the one layer of everything. And this is just not the world that we are living in today. One more thing that not many people know, I would highly advise to look at Reflexo and Rai. A very small market cap, though they are backed by Paradigm. Um, And very interesting. That's, that's a bet that if it will come true, um, it will be very, a lot of multiples.
1: Very cool. No, absolutely love that. And, and, and you listen, you drop as much alpha as you want as we go through this. <laughs> uh, ha- happy to look into it. And again, for anyone that's rushing out and, and trying to, uh, uh, buy whatever, whatever Matan just, just said. Please take a second, take a look, and and really understand, because as we say, we're early. There's no, there's no rush. I would say, and and you probably see this as well. FOMO is the worst, is the absolute worst you can do. If you think you're missing out, it is. There is very rarely a time that a coin or a project won't circle back around to a, to a, to its all time high and, and near its all time low a few times before <laughs> it before it migrates up. It's it's a it's a cycle.
2: I cannot agree more. I cannot agree more, and uh, as we said earlier, understanding is the most important aspect. And my goal for this podcast and for this call here today with you is really to give as much alpha as I can uh, and to share our our thesis and uh, why we think certain things will work. And I would love also to, you know, uh, continue this conversation in the future with my peer members and would love to hear them challenge on certain of these uh, thesis and learn from that as well.
1: You, you said the word tether, so those are fighting words amongst our, our group. So we we yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving on because that's its own show in and of itself, and we'd love to bring you on to uh, to have that conversation. So yeah. you know, as as we kind of continue and, and go through through the fund and everything you guys are doing, where's where's kind of the the most energy going to nowadays? Is it is it client acquisition? Uh, is it is it research and due diligence, or is it just actively trying to keep everything running? And, and, and worrying about becoming a liquid?
2: Research and due diligence is definitely where I spend most of my time. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm lucky to have amazing uh, business partners and amazing uh, team members that deal more with uh, the client acquisition part uh, and with the, the constant day to day management of, of a company. Um my goal is I strive to be as much as I can on chain uh, because the rate of innovation is just keep expanding. You know, when you have more blockchains and more decentralized application, I'm I, I, in my head, I'm visualizing that as the expansion of the universe. It's, it's expanding in, in all directions because you have more blockchains and more applications and you just have to keep track of, of everything that, that happens. And... Um, and things are just not correlated. The opportunity on some blockchains is just not correlated to others. So let, let, as an example, we know, okay, there are decentralized exchanges that are cross-chain and there are decentralized exchanges that are native to a certain chain. There is a very interesting difference between them and between the way of sucking in liquidity. So. Decentralized exchanges, in a way, it's a game of winner-take-it-all because of the slippage. So Uniswap today have well more than 60% of all trading volume in all decentralized exchanges. And if you look just on Ethereum, it's much higher than that. Why is that? Slippage is low. This is the most efficient place to do trades. People use aggregators. The aggregators immediately route you to the most efficient place. Now, if it's to stablecoin, Curve also has a lot of, uh, of, of market share, but the rest really get cramps. And as users, we don't really care which decentralized exchange we use as long as we get the best value for our money. Right, Jay?
1: Of course. You this know, is- and, and, and you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's the aggregators have started to show up in the last, in the last really eight to 12 months and, and be consistent. Um, you know, we're, I'm, I'm a huge Zapier. Uh, Zapperfy guy. Um, not, not because of any reason other than it's just the one that finds all the things that I've lost. You know, I'm like, Oh, I had no idea I was in that pool. Where do I, where's money (laughs) today? Um, and, and since they've kind of deployed, you know, a a few, you know, they've got their games. They're clearly getting ready to launch a token. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure you got, is that, is that one of your favorites or which, which tools do you love?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Zapper is an amazing aggregator, and they also integrate more and more chains. Uh, One inch is also amazing. Zero S X Matcha is also amazing. Uh, but many times we, I, I use them to see and then execute on the exchange itself. Uh, and also, they still don't support most chains. So most chains, you still need to go and do it uh, on the chain itself. But Going back, so the aggregators just increase this, this market domination of very few players because you want to get just the most efficient and you don't care who is that, which is makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. How does this affect decentralized exchanges and and the, the thesis of understanding? Okay, so if, if, if we take a new chain, let's say a new chain comes live right now, let's say it's Aurora. Okay? I don't know if many people hear about Aurora. Aurora is a layer two of NIR. Okay. um, is backed by the biggest players in the game and will most likely have uh, a strong uh, first quarter, second quarter of this year. They also have a very big liquidity mining program. Um, Now, Aurora Aurora have decentralized exchanges and also cross-chain decentralized exchanges that will come and compete for liquidity and for trades. But it's very clear if we look at the past year to see that the native decentralized exchange always win. Yep. Always win. Why they always win? Because they have a new fresh token, their own fresh token that they can pay for liquidity. So they incentivize liquidity in a way that cross-chain exchanges like SushiSwap, as an example, they cannot pay the same amount for new liquidity. So. The native one increased their liquidity and increased their efficiency, right? The slippage is lower, which means more trades go to the, to this exchange,
1: which means they have more revenue, which means that they always win in the race for early liquidity. You know, and, and sushi's getting slaughtered right now, I mean, in, in this current downturn. And, and so your exp- explanation really does make a lot of sense. And it's one of those things where you want to be early in almost every game except for the blockchain game. Um, you know, because, and we're seeing on Ethereum. And again, I, I, for all you Maxis out there, please hold off. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing that they're the, they're dealing with, uh, essentially kind of the, the, um, glass ceiling of their own success, you know, being so early into the smart contract game and ETH2 is, is a, at some point going to come out, but ETH2 doesn't solve the problems that that exist in comparison to some of these newer chains that have launched prior to ETH2 even being dreamed up. Um, and that doesn't even count for the chains that are still currently in development um, that are really forward thinking on on speed and and you know proof of proof of stake uh, versus versus proof of work. And so there's a number of things that again, um, you know, Ave's done a fabulous job of just owning the market and, and doing exactly what you did. But some of these smaller protocols that that lock themselves into a single chain or, or lock themselves In um, are are suddenly experiencing, you know, kind of the uh, a a little bit of of pushback on their own success. Going, how do I reinvent? How do I? Because you're you're right. You can provide liquidity, and if no one's ever has your coins and you're airdropping, they're worth whatever (laughs) they're worth whatever you want them to be worth in the first few minutes.
2: And they build their economics in a way that much of the economics is being distributed to liquidity mining and very concentrated in the early beginning of the activity that's coming on-chain. So they also time it with the beginning of the liquidity mining program and the beginning of the activity that's coming cross-bridge uh, and coming into their ecosystem. So they suck in the early liquidity. They become the most efficient decks in the early days. And from that point, their domination of the chain is quite promised. We saw it with Quickswap on uh, Matic, and then we saw it with Joe uh, on Avalanche that ate even pangolin lunch, and definitely uh, sushi. Um, We've seen it now in Aurora with Trisolaris. And Trisolaris will pay you for the token over a thousand percent APY, uh, and they have more than double or triple than the liquidity of of the next uh, competitor. Uh, so it's these are kind of the bets that are not correlated. I don't know for how long it will keep uh, being like that, but. If you can get so much in, in the token through incentives paid to you, and you also know that you bet on the leading competitor that will most likely will win and will have most of the trading fees, which means external revenue, Jay. That's external revenue. That's not revenue that it's, it's from issuing tokens yep. and diluting themselves. This is kind of a bet that is very worth taking.
1: Oh, very much so. And and that gives me another question I want to hit on, which is a lot of times when I talk to the the project founders, um, and in some cases, some some very big level ones, uh, level twos, and, and these projects, I would say a majority of them are very disappointed in themselves on the tokenomics that they chose when they launched the platform. And that's always something really interesting to hear, you know, uh, some of them that go extremely, you know, like, A, every, every coin is going to be worth $1,000, or B, you know, know, we're going to deploy 300 trillion coins, where's your sweet spot right now? Like, like, where do you just feel comfortable? Do you, you know, eliminating, the, obviously, the, the stable coins, do you do you look at their tokenomics a lot and say like, oh my God, you guys are insane. What are you thinking on this? Like, what, what's what's your preference when you look at, at, at new projects or level one? Definitely,
2: definitely. That's, that's one of the most important things, understanding the economic, understanding issuance, understanding how diluted this project is going to be in in, in the time that I'm planning on, on being in and holding it uh, that's a very important aspect um, and at the same time who is going to be paid out to um, we so I love sushi and I love the team behind sushi but seeing that they have so little in of the token and so little uh, voice and so little governance means so much, and we saw how this formed. So you need to have balance. It cannot be too little. It cannot be too much. Uh, and you also always want it to be concentrated in the hands that have the best intentions for the project, which. We we are talking about liquidity mining and about incentives so much, we like to receive them, but we also sell most of them. This is not good for the project. That's good for us, it's good for our LPs, it's good for our bottom line, no doubt, but it's not healthy for the project themselves. Uh, and we see this shift from liquidity mining and incentivizing early uh, liquidity to vesting and to long term holders uh, and staking through the VE model, uh, that I think this is where the industry is going to. I think Andre is launching a new project on top of Phantom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do it for all projects in the same way that Convex are doing it with Curve. Uh, they're going to have a project that's doing it on the top 20 uh, Phantom tokens. So I highly advise to people to look at the low cap of the top 20. Uh, phantom decentralized application uh, because they're going to have a lot of buying pressure in uh, the next two to three four weeks
1: you're you're again we appreciate you continuing to hit some some really great alpha on all these things because it's absolutely fabulous um so circling around uh is there any more you'd like to kind of dive into on your deck that's in front of you
2: um, I think that's visualizing a lot of what we do here, uh, how the investment committee uh, would basically uh, decide on the diversified portfolio and always have uh, a lot of thinking process behind this specific uh, aspect of what we do and then how we can put it into work. And these are all of the different DeFi strategies, uh, DeFi tools uh, that... And then in return turn to increasing day after day block after block uh, the holding without uh, doing any kind of trading Um, in the essence this is also what allowing us to overperform uh, also bitcoin Um, in the last six months we in the last month we were able to be quite steady even though we had a significant market decrease and uh, that's a lot thanks to being uh, receiving more tokens every day with IPR I'm not saying it will stay like that. Uh, at the end of the day, we hold crypto assets. And when many of them go down, we will go down. As an example here, the Aurora NIR ecosystem, much of the Harmony ecosystem did not go down as much as the rest of the market. Uh, and that's affect us in a positive way. Um, uh, but with
1: time, there is no way to not gain this cushion when you always increase
2: your holding, yeah. and this cushion is amazing on the way up, and it's even better on the way down when you see the market go down and you are able to be to have this cushion. Yeah, uh, yeah I think this is this is the, the essence okay. of what we do. There is so much more wording uh, to
1: that, but yeah. And, and we can, we'll link all there. So we're going to, so now let's, let's take a second and, and go out the next, you know, 24 to, you know, 24 months. So two, two to five years, where do you see? Yeah, I know this is really hard. Where do you, where do you kind of see the space going? You know, clearly adoption is going to be a a big, big, uh, part of this, but, but do you, you know, what do you, what are you guys thinking? What do you see is going to be kind of that, that game changer?
2: I think it's close to impossible to think about five years from now, uh, but I can give my uh, fair estimate uh, of what I think will take place in the next 12 to 24 months.
1: We'll take it. Uh, we'll take it.
2: I, I think that the last year, we had an incredible growth and just anything that bottled up uh um, Opium in a bottom and, and, and send it out across uh, social media, had incredible increase, and uh, meme coin, dog coin, food coins that don't really have inherent value beside community. Community has its own value, uh, but they don't have you cannot value them as businesses. Uh, you cannot they don't have external revenue. Uh, and I think that revenue, especially external revenue, is going to be a key component for uh, projects that will do good in all market conditions. They'll be volatile because the crypto market is correlated in its own way, but they will keep increasing also in their uh, in their value in comparison to uh, the general crypto uh, market. Um, and you know, we I, I think that. It's really related to the V model that we discussed. And I think that the curve, uh, Convex, YN, uh, and also the, de- the decentralized stablecoin issuers have all part of this family uh, that have a lot of uh, intrinsic value through this uh, source of revenue. Um, in addition to that, you know, Jake, we live in the U.S., we deal with dollar, so we think we don't deal with uh, coming uh, and dealing with uh, the the railway and dealing with the middleman's that if you buy from all of the different currencies, you pay a lot in fees. And the forest market is a $6 trillion daily uh, market off-chain, and this market will also have some kind of, of representation on chain. Yep. Uh, we are seeing it right now through Keeper, through uh, KP3R, okay. uh, that is basically a forex uh, representation on chain. Um, that have Korean wang uh, and as an example, on Korean Wang you can make right now over thirty five percent, and uh, w- which is much better than what you make on on you know <laughs> dollar stablecoin <laughs> usually. Well,
1: yeah, that um, sounds pretty good.
2: Uh, and there are, there are gonna be more and more currencies, as as many currencies that are in our world today, and the traditional world, representation of them on chain, decentralized representation of them on chain.
1: Um so you, so you so and that's a key word. So you think decentralized stable coins versus centralized stablecoins, coins meaning that at some point the governments are gonna show up and say, Hey, 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 this, this is our game. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and create this, this fiat value. Do you see that being something we're going to look at in the next uh, 12 to 24 months? Or you think they got a little bit longer to figure that out? So
2: I understand Congress and the House of Representatives and the SEC much less than I understand blockchain. <laughs> uh, I,
1: I, I'm going to say they understand themselves a lot less too. Um, I,
2: I think that we will be surprised. I think there are some people... Um, that really understand what is happening uh, in in a very deep way Uh, and they are working on on, on certain limitations behind the scene Uh, and I think it's wise to think that they understand more and more with every day and they will find ways to protect their system. Um, As of right now and, and they're definitely not protecting users. Uh, you know, denying people from airdrop, denying people from access to a certain application, it's it's not really protecting, especially when they're doing it only to the big ones. Uh, and I think that we're going to see more and more of that, of of denying uh, access to user interface. Yep. Uh, I don't know if many people know, but Uniswap is dealing with this issue right now. Um, you can always interact with any decentralized application through smart contracts, but most people... Use, use the web. The user interface. Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's. Are we talking about the New Yorkers?
2: So it's yeah, uh, New Yorkers, and, and I think it will pre- spread more and more. And, and the SEC definitely um, going. I, I think the SEC will be more aggressive in 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 many aspects, um, and just I, I think most of it will come into uh, fruition in in the stablecoin market now.
1: In, yeah, which is issue. which is a shame. I mean, that's the biggest yeah. thing. Is it, the U.S. is being left behind? Uh, you you probably see it as well. Protocol, you know, new projects are leaving the United States. Uh, people are launching companies outside the United States specifically to to stay away from some you know archaic regulation. Clearly, pay your taxes. That's not an issue. But re- reducing the ability to you know even explore new technologies is is what I generally personally frown upon. I think the
2: best way is to have innovation here in the states, and and to to keep being an open market, to keep being the place where innovation happen. Um, but this is a global technology. This is and this is and it, it will it will grow wherever the will have the best soil uh,
1: to grow on. Very cool, very cool. Well, so I, I've took up, taken up a whole bunch of your time today. And so now we get to give you a gift in return. Are you an NFT guy?
2: I am... Just you know, as, as as a tourist, I would say you know, as a professional.
1: Good. Good. Well, so you can be—you are absolutely welcome to be a tourist. <clears throat> so we have our own community uh, tokens and our own community coins. We refer to them as whales because we are whales. Um, and so oh, I got to click over here on the actual thing. So these uh, exist on Ethereum and Polygon, and they are actually three uh, D, full three D objects. They will exist in whatever metaverse uh, or you know what, whatever name that is. Um, and for coming on our show. and and dealing with me. Um, They have a lot of silly names because I did not name them. I let people Make them whatever they want, uh, but go ahead and pick whichever one you like. Uh, I'm happy to click on it so you can see. Uh, they named this one after me because I'm—I don't know what's wrong with me, but that's just kind of the way my brain works. Um, but there, there's a lot of cool. I, I
2: really ones. like the first one you showed. I think the FOMO one. FOMO,
1: Yeah, no. There's no. There, hold on. You're now you're a DeFi guy, so FOMO is gold. That's that's absolutely very very cool. Uh, but let's see where is. So we have DeFi. Oh. Yeah. Yes, but but there's also DeFi DeGen, which is just even more complicated. Yeah,
2: um, I think I would like just the DeFi.
1: DeFi, it, I don't
2: know if I consider myself to be DeGen
1: enough. <laughs> well, in your fund, you absolutely should not be. So that's that's a clear case. Uh, Matan, I, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. Um, where where can everyone find out more information about Fractal?
2: Um, On our website, uh, fractaldefi.io. This is the best way to contact us. And uh, on chain, uh, doing activities. uh, That's where I spend most of my time. Jay, I I had so much fun with you today.
1: Good, good, good. Well, well, fabulous. Well, thank you all, uh, Y wheels for listening. Matan, hang on for a second. And uh, there's there's another one uh, in the back. Thank you, sir.
0: Y was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner, with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWhales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. YWales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.